Let us pray. Ah. Gracious loving God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for this chance to hear you. We give you thanks that you do indeed speak to us. God, guide us that we may be faithful stewards of your word. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. Good evening, friends, and welcome yeah. to another edition of Scripture Talk, our podcast where we do, as the name you know seems to imply, we talk about Scripture, uh, specifically the Scripture we'll be preaching on this week. I am uh, Pastor Trey Comstock. With me, as ever, is Go Brandy. Sister Brandy Dudley, good evening, everybody. Go Scott. Pastor Scott Ketchat, good evening. And go Stacy. Stacy Tyler on Cowbell. Nice. That'll go well. Your, yeah. The filtering on your uh, on your Zoom definitely won't try to filter that out. Jeez. Um, um, we are, uh, <laughs> this week, we are doing kind of a, what is an annual tradition for us. This is not one we inherit um, from the Church Universal. This is kind of a, a tradition I inherited from uh, the Candler School of Theology, where I went to seminary. Um, it is to do every year, do a service that focuses on um, on Mary, um, on, you know, what she did, her contribution uh, to the story. And so if you are thinking in the recesses of your mind, I've heard at least one, I think two episodes already on this scripture. Yes. Yes, you have. We're in gear. We've been doing the show for three Christmases now. So, Yes. Um, this is, I think, the third episode on this. Uh, that's fine. I think there's still more here. Um, so it is Luke yeah. chapter 1, uh, verses 26 through 38, and then jumping down um, to verses 46 through 55. <coughs> in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Gal- Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord, I have this memorized because I have a play um, that I have done uh, based on this uh, scripture. And I have always played the angel Gabriel, except I play him as a New Yorker. So in my mind, I have to do, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of meaning this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus, and he will be great. He'll be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign forever from the house of Jacob, forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How, how, how can this be, since, since I, I am a, a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy. He will be called the Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has conceived a son. And this is the sixth month of she who is said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible for God. Then Mary said, Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your will. Then the angel departed from her. Now jumping down uh, to verse 46, not in my New York accent. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. 
Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him, from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arms. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever. So, there's a lot there. Again, my New York accent aside, it's just so. Okay, uh, I will stage this drama for you. Um, it, it is a, a modern day. It's, the lines are just straight from scripture. The creativity, if you can call it that, is in the staging. Um, where I said it in modern day, where Mary is a uh, you know kind of very busy. Uh, in this case, twenty something appropriate age for marriage. Marriage in the twenty first century. Um, trying to plan her wedding, and uh, Gabriel uh, is uh, portrayed as homeless. Um, I have this great um, 70s-era army jacket um, that, uh, you know, um, and I look relatively disheveled enough. Um, And so it is, uh, Gabriel is a homeless person on the street who just starts shouting at Mary, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you! Um, And you you get to see... The, the surprise and then the awkwardness of Mary having to have this conversation about her virginity uh, with a being she has never met before. Um, so th- th- that that's what this is. Um, the, the Magnificat, I actually know the words to, um, not because I grew up a good Catholic, which I definitely did not, uh, but because at one point I was in a contemporary worship band who took like quotes from scripture and ancient prayers and set them to contemporary worship songs. And we had one about the Magnificat. And so that, yes, these are both very special pieces of scripture to me. You know, I I think it's always think how amazing it is this this whole play out of how this scene says we see examples of angels coming and delivering messages about uh births that are going to be uh out of the ordinary you you know with uh you know i I think of abraham and sarah and how you know they they laughed you know and get a little bit of a chastisement we uh we we, even uh with uh john the baptist and his father you know yeah he gets struck dumb because yeah (laughs) yeah crazy and by the way he's in the holy of holies when it happens right like yeah yeah and so but mary and and of course she there's a there's an obvious difference in the tone of the questioning uh that's that happens uh and it's a hundred percent a legit question right so yeah again part of the part of the thing with mary is like this isn't a lack of belief this is simply a like okay 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 i mm, making sure it works you know (laughs) but once that clarifying question is answered with an insane answer she goes here i am the servant of the lord let it be with me according to your will yeah you're right there's a difference in tone there's a difference in like it like like it is clear even the angel just like calmly explains it to her she's not saying it is isn't possible she's just asking how is it possible <laughs> yeah yeah how does this yeah. work because we know how this works to get a baby here you know? I, made it out of, I made it out of seventh grade life science i know how this works um <laughs> 
By the way, not that uh, long out of seventh grade life science, but at least a distance away from seventh grade life science. Like I, I know how this happens. I have not done the prerequisites. Um, help me out here. Yeah, and, and I also love how Gabriel. You know, though we don't really know. We make an assumption based on the masculine name and stuff that you know takes the the typical guy way out of. Uh, young girl was to ask about the birds and the bees, just sidestep the question and it'll Don't all work out. It. Don't worry uh, about it. Uh, <laughs> forget there, about there, it. There is very much a, eh, don't worry about it. And, you know, to Mary's credit, she gets a less than, it is a less than satisfactory answer. And uh, just she says this, here uh, I am, the servant of the Lord, let it be with me. Yes, she is. You know. She and, said, and, okay. <laughs> I guarantee and, you and nowadays it would be like, Excuse me, baking powder? Well, you said what? Yeah, well, okay, so so a little bit of, like, biblical math and modern science, right? So Mary is 16, probably, probably 16. Um, in this, the average age of sexual initiation in the United States is, by the way, 16. Um, so the odds, of, like, if this was set in modern day, the odds of Mary being a virgin is just somehow lower um, than it was in the first century. Fun fact. Um, but just like joking aside, that's a lot of, there's a lot of deep spiritual maturity happening here for such a young person. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously she's not a child. The 16 year old is a young adult. Um, certainly a 16 year old would want you to know they're a young adult. Um, and one of my goals in life is to never forget that, but that's a lot of real maturity, um, for a 16 year old. Which is... Which is probably why God chose her because of yeah. her maturity and everything. Yeah, I was I was about to talk mention that because we, we really don't know, and God chooses whomever He wills. But through Scripture, we see these special people like David throughout the Psalms. You see that there was a a special connection to it, yeah. and uh, most of the prophets had a you know a yearning in their heart, and so it just makes you wonder, you know. What was her relationship already like? Obviously, it's about to greatly change and step up a notch, and but uh-huh. not just in the the being accepted as the carrier of Christ, but like the Magnificat itself, that that understanding of the praise and the glory that comes out of her. Obviously, the Holy Spirit speaking through her, but just that yes. that connection for that to happen anyway. Believe that she already had a relationship with God already. Yes strong within her because the dedication and the sacrifice that she made when she said yes because she could have got stoned to death she could have got you know everything but she put that aside and put god in the head of her life and said let's do this that's why she's my shero i love mary something about mary and i love the fact that she is obedient to god like that and we need to all be like that Put it aside and let's go for it. So, in terms of what we know about her, other than her age, right? That she was would have been late teen, kind of mid to late teens. Sometimes you hear fourteen. That's unlikely, um, just because, like, anyways, th- there's some like biology there that's a challenge. But um, so she's probably mid to late teens. Um, the other thing that we can suppose is that she is from a priestly family, right? She is her relative Elizabeth. We know Elizabeth's of a priestly family. She marries a priest who, you know, serves. So Mary certainly would have 
grown up surrounded by very religious people. We can, we don't know, Mary's father never shows up, but we can guess that Mary's father might have been a priest. Um, certainly Mary is connected to a priestly family. It's part of what's cool. What is united in Christ is a is the priestly line and the kingly line, right? The priestly line from Jesus' mother, um, the king the kingly line from Jesus, earthly, adoptive, um, and very good dad, Joseph. Um, and so certainly Mary would have been more than kind of raised in the faith, right? She would have grown up surrounded it. But it's clear that it's really sunk in um, how she, what it meant to, you know, serve God, what it meant to be faithful meant that when God shows up, um, you're okay with it. Because you see that, like, the contrast, right? Just a few verses earlier with Zechariah, who is a priest, right, in the Holy of Holies. Yeah. And he doesn't get it 100% wrong, but he doesn't get it 100% right either. And Mary, after one very important biological clarifying question, twigs immediately. And so you see the, like, the remarkable, like, the older priest, you know, let's call him 50, Right, you know, at an age where, like, bearing children was just, you know, unlikely. Could be as young as 40-something. But, like, man, what been a priest for a minute in the Holy of Holies doesn't react as well as Mary, a teenage young woman, does. I mean, that, again, that that's just the, the scale of Mary's strength of faith is why we keep coming back to her year after year after year and want to drive that in because it is just one of the most remarkable she is one of uh, in a book full of remarkable people she is one of the most remarkable people in the bible yeah uh, mm -hmm. another another aspect about mary that i love is that she shows us women that we have a vital part in ministry for christ in a way, she was the first evangelist to bring the word into the world. She yes. carried the word in her womb for nine months, and then she delivered the, the word on Christmas Day or whatever day he's designated to be here. But Christmas she carried Day, the word. Wasn't, yeah. But, but also, but, but, she, but it's not just. It is about bearing a child, yes. But it is not just about bearing a child. Mary gets a song, right? Mary mm -hmm. gets a prophet's song. Yeah. Um, Mary gets a better song than Zechariah's song, right? Um, and Mary sings first, um, and then Zechariah sings. And so, you know, she gets one of the bigger non-Jesus speaking roles in the Gospel of Luke, right? So she not only carries the literal word of God, she here in the Magnificat delivers the word of God um, to people, um, celebrating, celebrating what God will do as if uh -huh. God has already done it, right? In itself, it's a yeah. remarkable statement of faith. God hasn't done those things yet. God does those things in Jesus. But Mary's like, I know I will sing about it in the past tense because I know it's going to happen. It has not happened yet, but I'm going to sing about it in the past tense anyways. Now, I have a question. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Scott. I didn't mean to cut you off there, buddy. Go ahead, man. Uh, so my question is, did Mary ever get any backlash for this like we don't know because right. I, I i i understand that you know this was considered a miracle it was 
And 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 when Jesus did miracles in his day, a, a lot of the Pharisees and everybody considered that black magic, or he was doing something, or you know, to deceive. Like, yeah. 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 So, so I'm just kind of wondering. I'm kind of wondering if they thought that about Mary, where she was like doing some kind of like hocus pocus black magic. To... Well, so they, they wouldn't have know. thought that. Right. Yeah. They would have just thought she's. We really don't know, but... right. exactly, and, and and you see hints of that when the Pharisees are tossing jabs at Jesus of, well, we know where our fathers come from and things like that in scripture so there's some hints that there were some that didn't believe the whole immaculate conception uh virgin birth thing but mary knew and and, and as much as i enjoy mark lowry's song mary did you know <laughs> magnificat yeah yes it's a lovely song a lovely theologically song. inaccurate unless he's much real like, aiming of did you really much know? like i'll fly away theologically inaccurate <laughs> She knew. The, the, she knew the Magnificat. That's the whole point. She knew. She knew. Yeah, I mean, we, we see it in her confession here. And what what's always really hit me is if you look when Mary is there at the foot of the cross. Now, granted, we have just the perspective, but from the perspective right. we're given, she's not reacting as broken as you would expect a mom in that situation. And I think it holds back to this right here. From the very beginning, she knew what his calling was going to be. And though as a mother, she didn't want to see it. She always knew that that was the direction he was heading. Right. At least it seems that way. Yeah. Because what this song does is it says, God, you're going to, you have made all things right. Well, what is the thing where God makes all things right? It's Christ's death and resurrection. Right, and so already we see that Mary, even if perhaps she does not know the details, right, and the details in themselves are gory, right? But already she knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary, did you know? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> she knew the direction that this was heading, that this is heading, that what she gets to be a part of is God making all things right, that, that yeah. Mary has this Non, not not an insignificant role has a significant role to play in setting the world right, um, because she gets to bring the savior into the world and 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 is and is really fr- honestly thrilled about it, right? Yeah. Um, to back and, to Stacy's question a little bit, you know, again, we're bound by what Scripture tells us, and Scripture doesn't tell us, right? Scripture gives us a scene in Matthew where it's key that like we need to get Joseph on board or this is going to go bad. Um, again, Joseph's a good man, godly man, listens to the angel and everything's fine. But it's key that that, that scene is included, meaning that like clearly at the time, like this was going to be rough and she was going to need some help. Um, and obviously Joseph had his own role to play in, in welcoming Jesus into the house of David. Um, so it's clear that like, but that's all we get, right? We don't get any other scenes of, it's just Matthew and Luke that even talk about this end of things. And that's kind of all we get, right? Um, Mary shows up from time to time, uh, but we do not get the community's reaction. We can guess, right? Um, yeah. They can do math and the wedding hadn't happened yet. So there's that. Um, we kind of know 
you know, even now, right, there are stigmas. Those stigmas were even worse in the first century, uh, particularly for women. And that's why it's such a big deal what Joseph does on behalf of Mary and Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, That doesn't just be like, okay, I'm going to put up with your kid, but no, I'm going to adopt your kid. I'm going to drop my business in Nazareth and flee to Egypt with you. Um, I'm going to be there. Um, Yeah, Joseph, Joseph's not so bad either. Um, Especially since the the reality of it is, you know, a lot of people take it by faith, but Mary's the only one that definitively knew that she knew it was a virgin birth. Everyone else is just taking her word for it, with the exception of the angel showing up to Joseph. Right, and and it's really important to get Joseph on board. Yeah. And it's a testimony to Joseph's faith that he does, right? Again, like... Um, we we take these stories for granted because we know how they end. But you always have to read the Bible of it didn't have to go this way, and it's miraculous that it did, mm-hmm. right? That that's the hand of God at work in this story, is and God choosing the right people because Mary didn't have to say yes. Mary chose. Mary was not a Mary just like we are. Mary is not a wind up toy. Mary has free will, same as, same as you or I. And so that she says yes to this is remarkable. That Joseph listens to the angel mm-hmm. and doesn't chuck Mary out on her tail huh. is remarkable. He is miraculous. Um, shows God's wisdom in choosing the right people, right? That Mary and Joseph were not just clearly right for each other, um, but right for what God needed them to do. And what God needed them to do was tough, involved real sacrifice, and it shows a real depth of faith that they do it. My hero. She's awesome. She's awesome, man. She is awesome. And again, and that's why, and that's why it's uh, in her song. From henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed. That's one of of her many titles that she has, especially within the the Catholic Church. She's known as the Blessed Virgin Mary, and and everyone is honored. Even within our church, we honor her as the the Mother of Jesus. So, Mary, Mother of God, right? Like. I think some of the, the Mary discomfort in the Protestant church is undeserved, right? That it's like, because we don't have the same view as the Catholics on Mary, don't talk about Mary. People will freak out. That you really need, like, the Gospel of Luke talks a lot about Mary, uh, so we should too, right? Mary gets this, you know, Mary gets more lines than the angels. Mary gets more lines than the shepherds. Uh, Mary gets more lines than just about anybody uh, but Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. So, maybe we should listen to Mary. And yeah, we try to, we we set a boundary uh, around, like, the extent to which we take the Mary thing, right? That we honor her, that we recognize the role that she played in the way that we would anyone who shows up and plays a role in Scripture, and, and no further. But we still need, we need to do at least that much, uh, because there's a lot to learn about Mary, a lot to learn from Mary about what well, it is to serve and God then, and what it is also, to serve unquestioningly. Go ahead, go ahead, Stacey. Mm-hmm. Also, you got to think about this. There's years, like you said, that, that we don't know. The Bible just kind of fast forwards to Jesus older. Yeah, Jesus so is 12. We yeah. know Jesus, yeah. So, I mean, we, we know, and we know that Jesus was wise even as a child. Yes. Can you imagine the, the conversations? Yeah at night that Mary and Jesus had with each other and, and the things that Jesus possibly the wisdom that he had per, you know given her you know yeah, as sure as early as you know childhood I mean that yeah. had to have been that had to have been awesome in itself 
Yeah, I mean, she gets well, she gets really I'm special learning going them. through. Uh-huh. I was just saying, you know, even the controversy of people looking at how to refer to Mary throughout a, a doctrine of, of looking through church history and stuff of that, of Mary, mother of God, mother of Jesus, and then actually looking at what that really entailed. Because, okay, you have this whole craziness that gets into what is in the incarnation of Jesus, but there is that aspect of as far as Jesus being fully God, though she's not the mother of his eternal aspect, she is the mother of Jesus, who's right. fully God. Right. Which mm-hmm. takes takes a lot when you think of what she did and what she who she raised. And it's yeah. just mind blowing. And 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 she get and, and she sees that, right? But also like she goes through all of the real like human stuff of motherhood. And that's a lot too. Right, I mean that that even if it isn't the child of God is is a lot. Yeah, you know, and very. I mean, the the normal aspects of yeah diapers and all of those things that we tend to shy away from when referring to the childhood of Jesus, but that would have been a normal process that she had to deal with as a young mother, a young mother out of place i mean the the whole manger aspect is not the most comfortable place to give birth and not set up for you know wrapping well, everything that you need for a child i mean we're, we're we're talking with pastor trey coming up having to get the uh nursery yeah. ready she yeah. she did not have that opportunity because of the way the census and everything played out for her well and she had to give birth with a bunch of randos so here's the other yeah. thing like, <laughs> like so, like, think about the logistics here. Um, she, okay, so we, we've talked about this before, but it was a year ago, um, that t- a, an ancient inn was not necessarily like a series of rooms. It was a big open area, and you kind of just, like, hung out, right? And so she would have been giving, that she got sent to the stables is a blessing, so then she doesn't have to give birth just, like, on full display in this inn, but also probably Joseph was not a qualified birth attendant. And so Mary (laughs) is having to give birth, not with the assistance of her family, but with the assistance of random relatives of Joseph's, who she does not know, who she has just met. Like, think about, again... Think about that for a second, right? She doesn't get she doesn't get Elizabeth there at her side. No, she gets you know, Joseph's great aunt Muriel, um, who she has never met before and is now her birth attendant. Like just again, like right. the more the more you think about what Mary goes through, the more remarkable yeah. she really is. And and well, having been there and how tired a lady is after that and their their, their senses a bit frazzled and heightened uh, and her first visitors are nice smelly shepherds. Are a bunch of shepherds who she has also <laughs> never met. Um, she might where y'all going? <laughs> a lot of grace was yeah, yeah. there with Mary. And and and, and, and the line um so after it all happens, uh, I oh, I think this is in Luke that she cherishes it all in her heart. That it's clear, like yep. she looks she looks at this and goes, "Well, that was nice. I'm so glad this worked out." Not who the hell are these people and when will they go away? Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> yeah. like, there's a real depth here. Um, to Mary and to I tell you what I I tell you what intolerance. I bet you when Jesus was in school, he didn't get a lot of your mama jokes. Yeah, it's true. But also, you know, probably you know, on the whole, <laughs> raising Jesus had its strains because you get visited by random shepherds and random magi, yeah. and you have this sense that your son is going to die tragically. But you know, Jesus was. So you have well to behaved. flee. Yeah, you have to flee to Egypt because Herod's trying to kill you. I mean, that bit's rough, but the, like, day-to-day yeah. parenting was probably relatively easy. Because oh, Jesus um, didn't get in trouble. There's a, there's a Facebook post, though, of Herod trying to get him to take a bath, and he was standing on the water. Well, I can't Yeah, but... Could you imagine... Well... Could you imagine, like... Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, you imagine Jesus like. (laughs) Go ahead, Trey. Yeah, so there's a great book called The Gospel According to Biff, um, that is not scriptural, um, per se, but it is um, a Christian author's attempt to like wrap his head around what it was like to be Jesus growing, what it was like to be Jesus' friends growing up. Um, and so Biff is Jesus' best friend, and, you know, there's this girl that has a crush on Jesus, and that's Mary Magdalene. Um, and it, it kind of paints this picture of, like, Jesus as an adolescent. Kind of, you know, it's not scriptural. There are non-canonical Gospels, quote-unquote Gospels, that, like, the infancy Gospel of Thomas, that, like, try to fill in the gaps that the Bible doesn't give us, but the Bible just doesn't give it to us. All we get is this one image of Jesus at age 12. But yeah, Jesus is a child. Like, you'd think it'd be tough because he's so powerful, but if he didn't sin, that means he perfectly honored his mother and perfectly honored his father, right? Uh, and so we know he wasn't uh, trouble. I mean, can you imagine, like, did Jesus have friends and did they only keep him around because he could make wine out of water? Hey, Jesus, right. come on, come, come to our keg party. Come on, Jesus. You can pull out for us. No problem. Yeah. They all on, drank. Jesus. They all drank wine. The, the actual answer is they all drank water, wine all the time because water is poison in that area. Yeah. Yeah. You can't yeah. Drink yeah. Water. They all drink. You know, hey, you see, then you, you know, you can just picture Jesus coming home early in the morning and Mary's like, I'm going to tell your father. No, not that father, the other one. But again, he would have, as funny as this is, he did not sin. Therefore, he perfect, whenever he was told to come home, he came home. He perfectly honored his mother. Yeah. That's that's the Ten Commandments, y'all. Yeah, he he did all of that. Now, the, maybe the, the mistakes of not understanding that aren't sins and the trouble things right, like yeah, that, yeah. like slipping and breaking stuff, so th- those things would have been, but yeah, he, he wasn't a problem child though. You do have that interesting thing of, you know, how did he not realize his parents would be upset that they left Jerusalem and right, he stayed, yeah. but uh, right. <laughs> three days, no doubt. Three days. What's that say about them that they didn't notice for three days that they lost their kid? Well, because he wasn't any trouble to begin with, and so it's not like they had to keep fussing, (laughs) right? So, oh, you know, he's too quiet. So, so what they call CPS, Christ Protective Service? Oh, I would use it. 
that oh, note, yeah. it's probably as good a place as any to, uh, to step aside uh, for this week. Uh, we will be back uh, next week uh, with what I think, looking at our scheduling, uh, will be the last episode for this year. Um Yes, uh, because we're taking a break uh, the week after Christmas, and so we will be back with uh, one more edition um, for the year, um, and then be back uh, in uh, January. Uh, so uh, we're going to take we're going to we're going to take a much needed uh, Christmas break uh, because uh, we have to tear down the studio and rebuild the studio because uh, <laughs> this room I am in right tear now, this lovely this lovely uh, gray walled room that I live in, this box um, is going to be filled with a baby. Um, in January, this is going to be the coming So uh, we're going to take a week off to move the studio, and then uh, we will be back. Anyway, we got an episode next week, so I'm just fair warning um, that our December 21st episode will be our last episode for the year, and then we'll be back in the new year um, with you know more fun. Um, or something. Um, if you have any feedback for us, uh, please you can post in the comments here on Facebook, uh, where we are live every Monday at six o'clock. Other than Monday the twenty eighth, um, you can uh, leave a comment on YouTube where we post this after the fact. You can email us gracechurchpalestine at gmail dot com. You can post a comment on our website, uh, facebook dot com slash video. Never forget, there is an audio only version of the show available after the fact, usually every Monday evening or Tuesday morning. Just search Scripture Talk by Grace Church in your podcatcher of choice. Um, and indeed, we will be back with you one week uh, from tonight. Um, uh, to look at a story we also talk about a lot, the story of Christmas. Um, And also, go in peace, love and serve the Lord, and fear not. Stay well. God is with us. Dance! Get down, get down.